this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. A dark power is clearly rising. Is everyone in the world transphobic right now? Okay, it's the Luminaries with David Odyssey. This time I am joined by the divine, the abundant, the delicious Lemon Chiffon, one of my favorite drag queens and party girls in town. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Okay, look, I don't really have too much to report. Um, I didn't do an episode last week because I'm just like very, I'm still getting over COVID fatigue and I'm so tired of talking about it. And I've gaslit myself into thinking that no one believes that I even have it. I'm just like so over it, but I'm basically just like quite tired and I think depressed, which we're going to deal with. So um, I don't have too much to report. I will say that uh, former luminary Melissa Stokowski got me to read the Demi Moore book, the audiobook. You got to do the audiobook because you get Demi Moore's raspy voice. It's one of my all-time favorite celebrity audiobooks. I can't recommend it enough. Something's kind of going on, which is that last week I watched both Charlie's Angels movies, which I do about twice a year. Then I've listened to the audiobook, and then today... There was the big uh, reunion on um, Drew Barrymore's talk show of the three women, which was kind of, to me, a little bit awkward. But I will say that Lucy Liu kind of shades Drew Barrymore where she's, I don't know if you watched it, but she has this line where she's like, you've been married and divorced so many times. I've never been married or divorced, but, you know, you have that experience to talk about and I don't. Um I did not know this about Lucy Liu. Well, I think I've always known this about Lucy Liu. She was always my favorite, and like I always cut her picture out of magazines when I was a kid. But um, I just read this interview that in 1999, she told Us Weekly that she had sex with a ghost. She was laying down for a nap, felt an unknown presence on top of her, and quote, it was sheer bliss. I felt everything. I climaxed, and then he floated away. I also was recently, recently an hour ago, reminded that Lucy Liu, Sagittarius, actress, activist, multimedia artist, single mother, is a single mother by choice because she's just like not interested in getting married and she's too goddamn busy getting her star on the Walk of Fame. So that really was good for me to hear because... um, I just feel like right now, like especially the last two weeks, every single person I have ever met has suddenly coupled off and gone to a cabin in Vermont. Um, and I just think like, you know, fuck you. And uh, what if I'm never ready? And what if I'm never okay? So someone like Lucy Liu, thank God for her. And thank God she doesn't age. So, I mean, she looks incredible. She's 51 goddamn years old. She looks exactly the same. Um J.K. Rowling, girl, my mom started up on this thing about Cynthia Nixon's trans child tonight with me. I don't know what is going on. It's like, I think there's some sort of like a, the world knows that the gender reveal parties caused all the fires. So there's this like bizarre backlash where they're like doubling down on trans people or something. I don't really know what it is. Um someone from my like sixth grade carpool just posted video from her gender reveal party at a shooting range. My dad always says, you know, we can't teach every child how to read and write. And sometimes I just think, can we save all of these people? I don't know. Um, besides that, I have just been in a Grant Morrison journey which has been really good for me while I've been supine and 
I'm starting to do astrology readings and I am feeling more at peace in New York than ever before. Um, Manhattan especially feels like the bar mitzvah party has ended and it's a city. And I had this crazy realization this week. I'm sorry I'm like cramming so much in, but... I think I'm 30 in this like non-tourist panopticon city for once and I feel like I know about three other single people and everyone else is coupled off and everything is totally uncertain and I'm like oh this is what sex in the city was like when it first started before Liza Minnelli was doing single ladies at Stanford and Anthony's wedding I think this is what the show is about and it's very real and there is a sense of like, oh, wow, suddenly I'm out here. Um, but I don't want to go too far down that because I also think like the reason I'm not in a couple is my own issues. But those also can't be, you know, you can't rush healing. Okay. Anyways, um, my thoughts are totally not collect collected. But um, today to me is the first day of fall. This weekend is Rosh Hashanah. Uh, I just wore my Sunnydale jacket, which is a jacket I can only wear three weeks out of the year, only on the what my dad calls the demi-saison, that like perfect uh, turning point between summer and fall. So Rosh Hashanah is this weekend. It's classically the high holy days are the worst time of year for me. I usually go into some sort of immune paralysis and... Last year, I almost lost my job because I was so sick from it. It's just like the worst. We'll get into it next week a little bit more. But, um, you know, it's it's the equinox this coming weekend. So, and it's the Jewish New Year. A lot of people, like, don't know about Jewish holidays, which is shocking to me because, like, I had a former boss at Time Out when I asked to take Yom Kippur off who was like, oh yeah, I took Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur off and she was like, you really shouldn't take like days off two weeks in a row. And I was like, okay, well, when you take off Christmas and New Year's, no one's coming for you. Anyways, Rosh Hashanah is the start of the new year. It's like all about looking forward. Yom Kippur is when we get to all the guilt and recrimination, but um, I would just say like, I am depressed about my own conditions and I'm like, I am seeing through a tunnel in my own life, but I will say I'm really excited for autumn and I'm really excited for next year and astrologically things are just going to get better and better. And, um, for now, I wish you a very happy new year and I'm very thankful that you listen to the podcast and I hope you enjoy this interview with Lemon Chiffon all the way from Australia. Um, and I hope you can follow her, etc. Okay. See you on the other side. Bye-bye. Oh my God, it's winter there. Yeah, bitch. It's like 40. What? Or seven or, okay. It's like 45 or something Fahrenheit. Can you like... What's going on with you, like, cosmically? Because I just feel like the last, like, year for you, the timing has just been all over the place. Well, I think I'm in my Saturn return. You are? How You're my age, right? You're 30? 29. No, I'm 29. Okay. I'll look into this. Um, You might be. Because I'm about to. No. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's either that yours is starting in December or that you are shit is already underway um but like i don't know if co-star is the best way to go about it but the bottom paragraph is always like you're in a time of change or something sh- like that it has been you are like, oh girl <laughs> so so i mean this is something i wanted to like get into but i think we just let's just jump in because from what i understand to give people context uh you yeah. are I know you through the New York scene where you are yes. a drag queen. You are yeah. from Sydney, right? No, I'm from Melbourne. You're from Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. So at the end of last year, you went home after the fires, right? Well, I went home pre 
Christmas for like, okay. like a family, like to see my family. Um, and then like, it was literally came home in the midst of the bushfires and then was home <laughs> for six weeks. <laughs> oh, was my God. <laughs> so that was six weeks in 2019. Like it, it, lit, it, it means a lot more or, or a lot differently. Oh, it was like two weeks, two weeks, 2019, four weeks. I was actually in Australia all of January. Whoa, so, right. Yeah. And then you came back? <laughs> For six weeks. And then I left again. Fuck. A- and you left in winter to I, Australia. And now it's like, it, it's been like a perpetual uh, winter before. Yeah, like before yeah, the I got perestroika. Like- Exactly. I got a moment of like Australian fall. So it was like warm-ish. Like I think it was like 70 Fahrenheit a few days. But then it was just like, ah, uh-uh, now it's winter. It rained a lot too. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm like, obviously your life has changed a lot, but yeah. I guess, I guess it's impossible to ask about, but I guess I like, how are you, how are you now? How are you lately? How are you this week? Um, well, since being back in Australia, it's definitely been a roller coaster of emotions. Okay, is the is the best way to put it. Um, I'm like, I've found a little bit more. Um, I don't know, if peace is the right word, but like, it's a little bit more stillness in the past few weeks. In terms mm-hmm. of just being like, okay, this is what's happening. This was mm-hmm. the best decision for me. Um, that sort of idea. Because, like, leaving New York, I only plan to leave for a couple of months because foreign national, like, don't have health, didn't have health insurance at the time. Like, also, like, the Australian, I know, hospital system was going to be able to support more people than the American one. So, mm. um, I just, it was sort of like, it just seemed like a better decision not to be there for many reasons. I also had no work in either of my careers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, cool, great, which so many people did. Um, so I'm doing okay. I feel I don't like not um, having huge FOMO not being in New York. Um, I also feel mm. guilty not being there anymore in some weird ways. Um, I feel like I left people, but you know, it was the decision I had to make at the time. You, no, no, no. As, listen, let me just say that I, no one has bigger abandonment issues than I do. And anytime (laughs) one of my friends has told me that they're like moving, and usually it's really good news. It's like, I'm buying a house. I'm like leaving the city. I get so fucking bitter and I get so like, fine, I never needed you anyway. Don't let the door kick you on the way out. With you, it was like, okay, the circumstances are way more complicated and she's like having to really make a choice. Like, I I, I think, anyways, I guess I would just say like, I, I hope you don't feel too guilty. I think people no. who are like bourgeois should feel guilty for abandoning us, but yeah, <laughs> this is my own bitterness. But you like, <laughs> you know, you're, I, yeah. Yeah. It was also my visa. I didn't want to get stuck in the States like with an expired visa and then not being able to renew it sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. So that was another sort of choice that had to play into my whole practice as well because I know a few people there at the moment that are like outstaying their visas because they can't leave and then come back sort of vibes. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't want to... I'm not trying to rub salt in the wound. I guess I just want to like talk about it. it more because... It's surreal because you to me are one of the ancients, which is to say, like, no matter what happens, you be, because you're you were extremely ubiquitous, you're extremely social. But it was always like, OK, I'm going to re-speech. I'm going to see that little blonde head bobbing up in the water. <laughs> like, you know, you were like where there is a scene, you Ross was always there. Um, That's interesting so, you put that that way because i don't feel like i'm always there (laughs) but maybe yeah but i guess i'm a little bit i feel like i'm not like fully in the circle i'm just like on the outskirts 
outskirts that do like pop up here and there, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Maybe I think the past couple of years I've definitely especially in that sort of nightlife scene, I have established myself a bit more. Well, I guess Lemon is really only like two officially like just over two years old. So yeah. But even before, you know, even before I realized you were Lemon, I just felt like I would always see you out. So it just, I just say that to point out how surreal it is. And yeah, I assume it must feel surreal for you. Oh, so surreal. Yeah. To not be there. It's just like, it's like, I pure, I, don't know, I just purely miss people and the friends. Like, I guess it's because mm. we're also still in a, in a form of isolation in Australia and lockdown right now. So I haven't even really been able to see a lot of my Australian friends. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's like the community and the people is really what I miss the most about New York. And I think that is really what New York is about. So I'm curious about... Yeah, because I when I go back, I'm from Texas. When I go back home, well, for a lot of like code switchy reasons, I'm just like very different. And I'm just curious what like what your secret Australian life is like, as opposed (laughs) to the you that I know here. You know, um, my secret Australian life, I guess. Well, ever it's not like I'm not a faggot in Australia, <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like married with a family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like actually have a secret life. No, um, so my parents are great and very supportive, and like, um, so they know. I think Australia. I didn't really. I had like friends. Like, I didn't have like a group of friends. I wasn't a drag queen before I left Australia. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, in terms of, like, friendship in Australia, it's, like, I have a lot of friends, but they're not all friends. They're sort of from different parts of my life before I left. A lot of, because I am, well, my career is a, my daytime career is a fashion stylist. A lot of my fashion friends actually have moved from Melbourne. So, that sort of, that sort of thing happened because the industry is so small. Um, Mm. I grew up on a farm and on the coast south of Melbourne. So, like, that's where I'm right now and I'm like just staying with my parents so it's like I am sort of like this semi like rural country boy in a way (laughs) like coastal boy um which is not really me (laughs) to be honest (laughs) like New York I've definitely I think I've like not to be cliche but to be cliche found myself um but I think a lot of people find that in New York, you can literally be whoever you want to be. And like, I've definitely, you know, embraced, you know, the faggotry of my life pretty much. And just being able to be fully that. Whereas Australia is quite open, but there's still, it's not as open as New York. There's just not the population. Like Melbourne does not, It Melbourne has like a handful of gay bars and they really only run Thursdays to Sundays really there's a couple that during during the open through the week but you can't just like pop into Macri or like (laughs) Medford or the Rosemont for like a like 4 p.m beverage during the week which I did like especially when I was like interning like it's just not that environment and I don't know if it's because I was having a conversation with a friend I was like I just don't think it's because it's the population and he's like yeah but I also think Australians are lazy and don't try and cultivate more of that for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, especially since I think grinder and stuff happened. Like there used to be a street in Melbourne that was a lot more gay with some cafes and stuff, but that sort of has shifted and the straights bought it all out, which, cause it was cool and trendy, I think. So, you know, typical story. Right. <laughs> Taylor's all this did, time. Did that answer the question? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I just, uh... It's like, it, it just, to go home for like such long stretches of time, it must be kind of surreal because, and and to add to that, like in New York, I mean, an experience that I'm having a lot this year is like, I'm just like literally not out as much. And yeah. it feels like there's this side of me that can either like go to sleep or die completely, which is like my public presented self you know and that is kind of like 
undergoing a metamorphosis. So like to not even be in New York where you were like, you know, you go out every night, you see different oh, totally. girls, you know, you, you kind of like cultivate this like persona or your personage. It might not be a persona. So it's just weird to like take, not that you would be a different person in Australia, but in, in a way you are kind of taking off like one of yourselves. Yeah. Well, initially I was back so long over the like holiday break, New Year's, because I was like, this is the last time I'm going to be in, be able to be in Australia for like this long period of time, I think. Mm. <laughs> yeah, totally. Which, obviously, because I like, I was like sort of going through some of my stuff and then it, flashbacks like a few weeks later, oh, we're in a pandemic and I pretty much moved back to Australia. Fuck. So like, I know, I was just like, anyway, um, but definitely for me, like personally, like I'm like who, it has been a very like, I guess it's six months since I've been home now. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Um, but like, it has been like, who am I without being a drag queen, without being a fashion stylist? Like who is Ross? Which I think a lot of people are going through at this time without that sort oh, yeah. of idea. Like having a conversation with a friend, it's like both talking about our anxiety and stuff and how like, it's like we were avoiding it by being really busy. <laughs> And now we it's can't crazy. avoid it. Um, so, By being yeah, busy but, and being like exhausted. <laughs> which I was a thousand percent. Like even the six weeks I was back in New York, I was like, I did so many things that time. Oh like I was my just God. like, I was just like the amount of like things we stack in our lives in New York. Like I remember talking, there was this um, English woman I was working with and she was in town for this project. And she was like, in New York, you guys stack your nights. Like in England, they're like, go to a party. Whereas New York, you're like, go to drinks, go to a party, go to a bar, like go to another bar. It's like, and right. I'm like yeah, we actually really do. And like, I've been, I've seen like five different friends in a night at five different things before. And it's like, you don't even blink twice, think twice about it. Like, I, so like, I just did my taxes and I was going through just, you know, when you go through your spending like day by day and I was looking yeah. at. 2019 and I was just like how was I doing that not even in terms of how much I was spending but literally I was like when was I home I would be going to like well we have four birthdays tonight and I would be like I can't make it to all of them and then I would make it to all four birthdays like it, it would be okay. that you know that's, that's where like but you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean where it's like every girl there will be a week where every girl you know has a show and you're like well i can't i'm not going and then you know you're gonna end up at all of them it's that but but it's like how was that me it just feels like yeah. a different person yeah totally I'm like how did i have the energy yeah some nights i know how i did but like other nights i'm just <laughs> like i don't know how i did you know what i mean <laughs> i've like gone to like i've done shows and got like three hours sleep and then like turned up at set at 8 a.m the next day to like Yay. do a few day of styling like i'm just like <laughs> no also like yeah. love i also love that i don't know about for you but like i didn't start really partying until my late 20s mid to late 20s like in melbourne i didn't I had like a summer where I went out a lot, but like not until I moved to New York and I'm just like, damn, like I wish I had the energy I had as a 21 year old, but like that can, I was thinking about that today because classically <laughs> I'm, I'm an insomniac and I was up till 4am yeah. last night and I was like, you know, this would have been so useful. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I and just like, being... yeah. Oh no, I was going to say, I don't think I was ready to do that at a young Age that's too. the tragedy i don't think i would have i don't think i would have survived new york being so young no i was so, in some ways i was so like deer in headlights and uh, yeah it, no it's kind of a cruel irony because i feel like yeah. i'm 30 now and a lot of the like confidence or at least like wherewithal i have would have been so great when i was 19 can you imagine just uh even yeah. just like being aware of where I was at any moment would have been so because I was just so like, what's what the fuck is going on? Because I just like, you know, when you're young and gay, you're just like thrown into this new world. You really are. And you have, you, know, you have to go through a gay adolescence in a way. But I guess now you know, I'm in. My, yeah, I'm going through it now for sure. Yeah. But you, I guess, you know, you have to learn from experience and we wouldn't be 
slightly wiser now if we didn't go through some shit. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, I'd love to know generally, like, have you in these conversations you've been having, whatever you're comfortable sharing, like, have yeah. you ha- has anything come through in the last few months that you're grateful for, or like a new any sort of breakthrough or perspective or anything like that, that you've gotten in all this silence? Um, I guess one thing I'm, I don't know, grateful for is actually spending time with my family and my parents. Cause like as an adult, we really don't spend that much period of time. And I'm very lucky to have a good relationship with my parents. Um, like they've been to the Rosemont and seen me performed and stayed Girl. to like 3am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that is really something yeah. yeah my mom's like i don't know if people are moving out of my way because they're being polite or like weirded out that there's like a 60 year old in the club but <laughs> she's like it's fine <laughs> don't worry they're not lucid they are not no. capable of any oh. thoughts right now yeah no my parents were i think people came to my show more to see my parents than me but it's fine um that time <laughs> um In terms of, I think I'm definitely still working through breakthroughs, but um, just sort of learning to be okay just existing, Mm. which I think is a lot of people right now as well with so many of my friends out of work. Mm. Um, Yeah, just like figuring that sort of stuff out, I think is the main stuff that I'm working through like I don't think I've had any major breakthroughs yet Um, yeah that's plenty yeah (laughs) so you've been doing I mean you've adjusted very well to doing Instagram video drag um, and really good music videos I'm thinking of I turn to you you. Uh, no thank you really thank you and I guess I'm curious (laughs) like with that has that given you any ideas for like new stuff you want to be trying in drag or or i'm just curious because like we all have an idea of what we want to do dot 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 when things go back or change or whatever and i'm curious about like has the instagram live experience opened you up to anything or or anything like that um instagram i've done a few instagram live shows through other queens um which I don't love the format, to be honest. Um, I've been, I have really been enjoying the, the video aspect of it, mm-hmm. and actually tapping into like I did video editing as part of my degree. Like, so I was like, oh, I should like maybe see if those skills are still there. I had to relearn everything, but I have always wanted to be a video vixen. Like, I grew up watching, um, like on a Saturday or Sunday, we'd have Rage TV, which was like. Of the Australia, I guess the Australian MTV music sort of thing Amazing. on like our, on um ABC, so like our like government funded broadcaster. Um, and then like once my parents got like Foxtel, which is via, like a cable equivalent, like MTV, VH1. I would like yes. I would just sit and watch music videos all day. Like yes. I will always, if an artist releases a new song, like even now, like go on YouTube and watch it because I'm obsessed. So like. For me, it was really fun to be a, I guess, video vixen. Um, So, like, I think, like, still producing more of that sort of work, just because we live in such a digital age, to have that sort of content on YouTube is really great, and it makes it accessible to a wider reach. Um, So I think that is something, like, we all sort of, Queens creatives need to be more aware of going forward now. Um, and the possibilities are endless. Like you can, like you can do a show and you can have it stream across the world all at the same time. So I think that's exciting. And I like love to do more of that. I've got lots of ideas in my mind to create more videos, but it's just like also finding that energy to do it right now and passion, I know. which I know a lot of people are just like, oh, what's the point? But like, you know, you got to keep yourself creative. Um, and I'm training my whole family to be a production crew. So, yes. <laughs> literally, my mom, is video- my my mom is videoed stuff, and my brother's got his drone. And I'm like, so I'm gonna walk out into the middle of a lake, and you're gonna 
film me on your drone and like that was major up. that was high budget <laughs> yeah i initially wanted to get like a paddleboard or like a canoe out into the middle of the lake but it's not very deep so we decided not to do that in case i got stuck but yeah that was very this whole thing is very troy Sivan of like bringing the whole family along Oh, yeah, because he's back in Australia, too, doing all that right now. So Yeah, and his whole family are, like, on the tour bus with him. <laughs> exactly. Always. It's a Hasidic family. Um, yeah, I, I he, am really... He, okay, he's Hasidic, too. Okay. He's Hasidic, or I think they're still, maybe, but they, like... Yeah, they are his, like, crew, basically. Yeah. That's so, I, I am curious, like, what you think... Uh-huh. What... Uh, What's going to happen to drag like good or bad? I'm not necessarily like doom saying I'm just like, what, what do you think? Cause it, I I've seen, yeah. Like you said, some of the video stuff I've seen has been a really interesting evolution. And also like watching a lot of New York drag artists, like become leaders in the protest movement has also been a really amazing evolution. It really um, has, and I'm just yeah. curious, like, yeah, what, what, happens next you know or like what you think do we do things go back to normal what does it look like like all of that you know um i think aspects of it will go back to normal like i think a lot of drag queens are are, are very resilient artists and like um a lot of drag queens are doing it because it's a passion one, but some of them don't have anything else. I mean, not that in a negative way, but I mean, like, it's really helped them be who they are. And, like, I guess a lot of queens end up transitioning, and that's their idea, which I can't talk on personally. But, like, I think it's a very powerful art form, and you can really see how resilient drag queens have been with moving a lot of things on online and the amazing work that so many queens have produced which then it's funny, I don't know if you've seen it, but, like, you've watched some, like, music specials or, like, live streams on, like, wherever, and, like, the <laughs> production quality is so bad. And it's, like, you're, it's crazy. You're, a, you're a pop star and, like, you're just sitting there on your laptop. It's, like, these queens have, like, decided, well, I guess I'm a lighting artist now, a it's 3D crazy. artist, green screen artist, and, like, video editor and making these amazingly high-budget people things and like some of them are literally just doing it in their tiny ass new york apartments or I mean, wherever my they roommate are in the world. amber you know my roommate yeah, is exactly. amber, yeah, and amber. Like, yeah 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 she like built a set out of our bathtub like to do I titanic it was amazing yeah <laughs> and so... like i'm thinking about like you and baby baby love doing bath salts was like major yeah uh, i didn't do bath salts no, uh, I know. I, sorry, I meant to say oh, your yeah. video, Baby oh, yeah, Loves yeah. Bath Salts video was so major to me. Oh, so major. And she's done some amazing things. And like, you talk about like West and Chikatita have done amazing. Mm. They really, I think the best live show, Instagram live I've seen, like I wouldn't tune into many of the other ones, like I no know. Offense to the other queens, but <laughs> um, the amount of lives we had at one point was quite um, overwhelming. Yes. Um, so like, I have enjoyed things like push, bitch puddings, like digital drag, and then like the other ones that have happened. Because also like a lot of, I know I've seen a lot of queens do numbers, or drag artists, kings, queens, and all the burlesque people do numbers that I've never seen them live, but it was great to see them perform because I've always been a big fan of them from other cities. Mm. Um, so I think that element will still happen, and I think it has to still happen. Mm-hmm. And it also is really giving... Um, a newfound respect to bedroom queens. <laughs> like I have a newfound respect for queens that just paint, like do some TikTok, <laughs> do some Instagram videos, and then like go to sleep. I'm like, I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. Like part of drag for me is like, it's definitely a bit of my Leo, like being out and being seen and getting love and affection from the audience. Like I know it's egotistical in some form, in many no. ways. I know that. And I think you have to be, though. Um, So, like, yeah, I think we'll grow and adapt. And I think there'll be some more undergrounds of the stuff happening, hopefully. And then I think Queens will understand that they have to have some sort of digital presence. Yeah. 
That's a good answer. So I guess I'm curious. I mean, I know that Australia is like such a fag world and is such a drag world, but I'm just, I'd love to know more about your like awakening of when you, it can, I, I mean, I'd love to hear about yeah. the development of Lemon, but I'd love to just hear about your general like awakening into um, generally when you like became a creator, like when you became a creative multi everything and when you <laughs> kind of went from consumer to creator and like embraced your full faggotry, you know? Yeah. Um, so... I guess I've always been some sort of creative and I guess, I don't know if that's a cop-out way to say that, but um, what I'm thinking, my parents have always been supportive and pu- pushing whatever I wanted to do. Like high school was probably the start of me being more creative. I guess I did art classes in primary school and stuff, but like I started joining the school production. So I guess I was a theater kid for a second um as well and then started dancing in high school um like I was known as the one the like boy who dances um and then sort of developed through that and then like I like career-wise it's sort of like I ended up having a gap year after high school and then did a makeup degree uh makeup course and then hairstyling course and did that and then decided was like, well, the hair and makeup artist has the least say on set and I want to be in more control. So yes. then I did a design degree to be a, like a styling creative direction degree. So I did that and then was like working the weekends at like a makeup studio, like a glass, like think like out of su- city suburban mall doing hair and makeup on like Fuck. really bad, like glamour shots. Like, yes okay (laughs) i did that for about a year um that is a crucible from from which a drag queen is forged oh yeah like but it was funny because i was doing that and had to put like layers of makeup on my boss was like she like took my makeup brush and got like neon pink and like smashed it like smashed it as blush on one of the clients and I was just like no (laughs) whereas like when I wasn't there I was doing like beauty photography and putting like the smallest amount of makeup on possible so just the juxtaposition was hilarious to me um and like I was working that sort of creative field and like started assisting stylists in Melbourne and doing fashion week and stuff and I think the first element of like lemon happening as a queen was like i had a birthday party and we all it was like a drag themed birthday party like every fucking day because we'd all because we'd really started watching drag race (laughs) you know typical story and then like did it for halloween that year as well and then i actually moved to new york the next year but um yeah so i've always had like that affinity of being creative and always loved dressing up and then moved to New York in 20 mid a little of the year 2015 because two of my best friends had actually moved the year prior and they're like when are you coming and I was like well I guess I should come then because <laughs> <laughs> I was always all about London I was always gonna go to London oh really yeah because my parents are Scottish and moved to Australia in the 80s so like I was like I, I don't I- passport, I'll do that I feel like they would be obsessed with you, but they also wouldn't know what to do with you because you're so like, you're so gregarious and outgoing and not really um, daunted by like rigid, um, rigid or um, clammy or cold social receptivity. Like you're just very able to burst into any crowd or conversation and I feel like they would be like dazzled by you but they also like wouldn't know how to <laughs> how, like that you'd be running circles around them yeah maybe I don't know which is funny because as like I was quite a shy kid like I was not really? outgoing yeah I think that was a big thing like I'm good at turning points I did live I lived in Africa for, in Tanzania for six months um 
and did like like stupid woke white person thing to like teach English in Africa. Um, so when was yeah, this? Gonna, this was twenty ten. So when I was I had my nineteenth okay. birthday there. So it was a year after I graduated high school. Um, and doing that and like I literally came out like a month before I left and then went to a country where it's illegal to be gay for six months, which is Dang. like kind of. <laughs> Yeah, but it was an interesting thing because I'd met we I went with other volunteers and like they only knew me as Gay Ross, which was actually kind of an awakening of like yeah. they didn't know past me. And then like just traveling around and like going on really long bus rides by myself and stuff. I think I had to like grow as a person and become yeah. more me and find myself. Like I hate all those words, but I it is part of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So sort of then I think I, and then moving to Melbourne and that sort of idea definitely grew. Yeah. So when you, when do you feel like Lemon became, like after starting to do drag in New York, when did you yeah. feel like Le- you were like, okay, no, Lemon is, Lemon is like fucking here to stay. She's an industry, like, <laughs> let's do this, you She's know? A, yeah, yeah. Um. So... Lemon's first official gig as Lemon Chiffon was January 2018 at Straight to DVD when they were still with, um, oh. yeah, which when it was still on a Monday at 12 o'clock, 12 a.m. midnight. Um, psycho. Psycho. And then literally I worked to work for 8 a.m. the next day. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember my boss being like, are you okay? I was like, well, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> he knew what happened and was very supportive of it. And he, so that was cool. But um, that was sort of when it was like, well, Lemon's here. Um, you know, DJ Ten Yards like was like, had seen me out and was like, you know, if you ever want to perform, like, let me know and we'll book you. And I was like, oh, mm. thank you. And then he was just like, so January, are you going to perform? Like literally just, because I was nice. like, you know, like, life gets busy and you're like, oh, I'll do it eventually. Oh, I don't know any songs. And, like, I'm definitely someone that needs, like, that sort of, like, a little bit of, like, a deadline or a goal. Like, yeah, this is when this too. is happening. Make shit happen. Me too. Um, yeah. So I did that. And I think that was sort of when it sort of cemented it. And it was like, okay, well, I can do this. Like, I had a good response. Um from them there and sort of like I don't think it just snowballed from what that. wait like, so what number did you do I did um I just came here to dance by Carly Rae Jepsen okay very good <laughs> and I did <laughs> I think it was Burn by Jessica Mulboy which is an Australian <laughs> which I would say she, she's like the Australian she was on like Australian Idol um She's like, I guess Australia's Ariana Grande. I don't know. Okay. Or like Selena Gomez. Like that sort of like pop girl. Like yeah. we love her. Like trashy pop. Just like fun upbeats. She's done some TV and she's done some musicals and like tape movies and stuff. So yeah. Um, I did that. Those two numbers. Just dancing, moving around. I made my, I made a little like, this is the start of Lemon's Chul Obsession. <laughs> <laughs> yes damn that's what i think everyone's just that's what um put my you know stamp on the market of chul. <laughs> she's the chul queen i'm thinking of your butchwig look which was like you were basically like the a huge, cupcake <laughs> oh yeah the huge lilac yeah yeah that was like 70 yards of chul like ridiculous <laughs> uh it's funny because i finished making that before i finished making my performance look too <laughs> But anyway, priorities, <laughs> right? <laughs> what did you do at Bushwick, can I ask? Um, yeah, so 28, that was 19, yeah. Um, I did a Steve Irwin number. The Steve Irwin. <laughs> so it was um, the song <laughs> down the song down under into like, G'day, I'm Steve Irwin, into um, <laughs> Love at First Sight by Kylie Minogue, into more <laughs> steve and into can't get you out of my head by kylie minogue into like <laughs> crikey we're in far north queensland 
this is Molly, my favourite crocodile, into Untouched by the Veronicas. And then wow. my friend... Oh, there was a blow-up crocodile on stage that I, like, danced on. And then my friend, um, Jamie, came out in a Stingray costume and killed me to Untouched by the Veronicas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Which went down really well. Um, and just so stupid. And, like, that number is actually the reason I got um, Troy from the vault, like, actually gave me a night, which is quite cool. Um, he saw it and he's like, hey, do you want to do – I know Bushwick just finished, but do you want to do a Do you want to do a show this Saturday? I love your number. I was like, okay, let's do it. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it is pretty amazing. And it was and at then, that show that you, you, Adele Computer, and Amber Alert did the Kath and Kim piece, right? Yes, we did. <laughs> I'm so mad I didn't film the whole thing, but yeah, we did. Definitely something we want to reprise again in the future. And my dream, I told you, like, I want to see the three of you do an AbFab routine. Oh, yeah. And we I think Am- Amber would be Patsy. I think you'd yeah. be really good as 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 Eddie, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I can say that. I mean you you would slay Safi if you wanted to. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's up to you. Okay. We'll say. I have to like I haven't watched Abfab in forever, so I'll have to like really do the deep dive back into Oh babe, it is better than it is a, I mean it it like Kath and Kim, it will never age. No, because it's such a, they're both such, um, like, not time capsules, but just, like, snapshots. Yes. And they're just so insane in their own world and taking such, taking the piss of things so much that it's just, like, it would be timeless for sure. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, now, now that I'm hearing about, like, truly stupid Bushwig numbers, I'm like, oh, right, yes, that is... That is the world. Like that world needs to come back. Yeah, totally. Like Um, that's what Bushwick's about. Just the variety of numbers that come out of it. Yeah. Do you remember? I'm trying to remember what queen it was who did the Marowak Pokemon to Marilyn Manson. I mean, last year it was only last year that Serena T came out as a Transformer and did Vroom Vroom. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure Sherry Poppins, like, gave birth to a baby and then ate it on stage, like, a number or two before mine. Like, just, like, the varieties. Of... <laughs> yeah. And then that whole, like, Serenity getting fully, like, Charlie XCX thing. And just, like, and then, like, Chikatuka and um, mm. Charlene did an amazing number. And it's just, like, other queens and, like, yeah. It's... Yeah, Devil Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so good. Oy, wow that's what i love about brooklyn and you know new york and all that sort of nightlife and it's just such a variety of things that you can be anything and everything the fantasy the fantasy whatever your fantasy might be <laughs> so are you working on any new videos can i ask um i've got ideas okay i just got a whole lot of i am um, so I came to Melbourne with Australia with I did thank God I packed some drag but limited stuff so I sort of used everything so I'm like in the process of starting to make some new clothes mm. style some new wigs like learn that a bit more so um, I sort of want to do that before I do a new music vid- new video I think um, just so you know keep it fresh like I Lemon, like I love making the looks, and I think that's part of why Lemon evolved, and that's sort of something I like to try and pride myself on is that I make most of my stuff. Um, so like that's what I want to do before some more videos come out. But there's lots of ideas on the back burner. We'll just see which one happens. I always like listen to a new song. I was like, oh, this is what I'll do, and then like another song, and I'm like, oh, just focus on one thing for a second. But I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, it's a hundred things. And sometimes you discover one where you're like, oh fuck, like this would be so good, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, I'm just like, it's so rude. I don't have a hundred thousand dollars to do these, Um, (laughs) because. I just like think too high budget. I was like, you're never gonna look like that, but it's fine. Like, just make just 
thank you what you what you've got but bitch you know. you've got drone photography yeah true like i am quite impressed um, <laughs> so where can people be following you so that they can see more of these looks and gigs um so my instagram is at lemon underscore chiffon underscore and they're on my igtv and i've also got lemon chiffon on youtube mm. so maybe i'll try and become a youtube queen too <laughs> i would watch those tutorials on yeah fucking psycho contouring yeah i would love that <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll do that i don't know i think there's a lot more queens that have that makeup a little bit more down pat so we'll we'll see the evolution maybe um thank you for doing the luminaries like i'm so i'm so glad i got to learn more about you and thank you so much for having you me. are really beloved and you are really missed here but like i i do think i'm just excited for the uh extra mileage of artistic development that you're getting to do and i think it'll all pay off thank you i plan to come back it's just working out when the best time is for yeah, it's everything so weird. okay yeah. yeah we'll be ready for you The Luminaries is made with love in New York City, distributed by Authentic Media. Consulting producer is Carly Hugendijk, music by Henry Kapersky, and creative direction by Greg Kozatek. Thank you for listening and see you next week. Hopefully, dot, dot, dot. Bye-bye.